listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. All right, guys, today's guest is so, so awesome, has a lot of knowledge for you that is going to help you get unstuck in areas in life that maybe you've been trying to improve for a very long time, but you're getting frustrated and you're reading all the personal development books and you're doing all the programs and everything, but you're not getting any progress. Well, I'll tell you right now, today's guest will help you bridge the chasm between where you are now, where you want to be by doing just uh, by telling you all the different techniques that she does on her clients. So our guest today is a mindset mastery coach, hypnotherapist, and host of the Rise Higher podcast. And she supports entrepreneurs leader and leaders to identify and remove mental roadblocks and redesign their subconscious mind to achieve their next level through hypnosis, subconscious reprogramming, and other techniques to master their mind and regulate their emotions. So that's essentially how she's going to get you to get unstuck because we're going to go real deep here at the root of all things. And I think it's just totally going to blow your mind. So without further ado, please welcome to the the Art of Fulfillment podcast, Stephanie Kwong. Thank you so for, thank you so much for coming on the episode, Steph. <laughs> thank you for having me, Joe. Oh, of course. I'm just like so excited. I'm like stumbling over my words and everything to talk with you. <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons why I really wanted you on the show is, yes, of course, you have all the great practical knowledge and everything like that. But your background was really, really striking to me in that you were on a certain path in the entertainment industry and then found yourself wanting to take a different pivot in your life because you weren't feeling unfulfilled by that work. And since this podcast is all about fulfillment, you know, I think it'd be a great story to kind of illustrate. Um, but most importantly, what was the the moment or the thing that kind of got you to develop the self-awareness around, hey, like this is not something that's unfulfilling. And then what gave you the courage to make that change when you knew you wanted a different direction? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, well, I've been doing personal development work ever since I was pretty young. I grew up in a house where I was listening to Tony Robbins on tape that my mom bought off of an infomercial. And <laughs> uh, also just witnessing her doing so many other personal development stuff. And so it was kind of ingrained in me. And I had been a student of, I studied psychology at UC Berkeley and then continued on doing my own inner work throughout that time. So through that, I was developing a level of self-awareness really mm -hmm. starting to look at my life. And this is why doing personal development work and really looking internally, increasing your self-awareness, being able to observe yourself, noticing what brings you joy, what doesn't, and being willing to release the things that take away your fulfillment and to increase the things that do. And of course, ultimately, it's not just the outside stuff that creates fulfillment. We're in charge of generating that internal feeling ourselves. Mm -hmm. However, um, I, we are impacted by our environment. And so I was noticing when I was putting myself in certain environments, when I was doing certain things in the entertainment industry, I wasn't fulfilled. You know, I was, um, a whole different person than who I am now. I was very much in my ego. Mm -hmm. I was doing these things because it looked good because all of a sudden I had these famous friends and I was going to these cool parties and I was the girl who was 
connected to people who had money. So I had the money for your movie or whatever. And that's like the golden person, right? You in Hollywood, it's all about who has the money. And so, and I, I saw how much my ego felt good through that, but in the end it wasn't fulfilling. Mm. It was so coming from this younger version of myself who wanted to feel important, who wanted love and was thinking that these things were going to get her there. Right. Mm -hmm. The younger girl. And what I had to do was a lot of deep healing of knowing that my value is not based off of who I know or what I can do, but my value is based just on like my existence of who I'm being and start to really get connected to, well, then where's my value? And I discovered it was really when I was being in service to other people. And that's also when I felt the most fulfilled. Right. I mean, Tony Robbins has been someone I followed for a long time. I got trained through one of his programs in, in strategic interventions. And he talks so much about the secret to living is giving. Mm -hmm. And also that is the secret to fulfillment. Because whenever we give, we feel so alive, so fulfilled. And we also realize that we have so much to contribute because a lot of times I think people think like, well, I'm not good enough. I have nothing to give. Why would ever anybody want anything from me? They're better than all this garbage head trash, right? That runs in our mind. And yet there's so much that we do have of who we are as an offering, as a gift to the world. And mm -hmm. when you just go out and serve, you realize that you are valuable, you know, and you are lovable and you are enough. And so Ever since I was a little girl, I always volunteer. I got turned away volunteering when I was nine years old with my girlfriend, Dina Lannerman. We went to FCA <laughs> and we showed up and they're like, how old are you girls? We're like nine. And I'm like, yeah, you're too young. So <laughs> got turned away, but I found other ways of volunteering and giving back. But I never thought that I could actually make a living off of it, right? The, mm. the assumption is, well, when you give, you just give. You're not supposed to make money off of it. However... Um, that's not the case. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think that when you are in service, it's okay to receive an energetic exchange for it as well, depending on the level of service that you're providing. And, but I still didn't know that what I'm doing was what I was going to do. Mm. So I came to that point, you asked like, what was the, the point when I discovered like the shift needed to happen? I was really unhappy. You know, I was really feeling this deep lack of fulfillment. I felt very alone and I felt unsure of myself. And um, there were things I was doing that were very unhealthy to try to maintain a false sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just how I was showing up, I was like, Ugh, it was just, it was just not who I wanted to be. And mm -hmm. so Again, the self-awareness, I was observing that. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this woman who just, you know, in the meantime, I'm like doing the entertainment industry stuff. And then I'm going and volunteering. Mm -hmm. And there was just this disconnect. And so I came to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I didn't know what was next. But I knew that where I found fulfillment, again, was when I was being in service, when I was contributing. So I set the intention where I was like, I don't know what's next, but whatever it is, it has to be in contribution. And mm. so it was, you know, you set the intention and you don't need to know the how, and then you let the universe sort it out for you. So I set my intention. And when I was looking for a job, 
because I still needed obviously to, to pay my bills, I sorted it through the lens of how can I contribute? And so I ended up in a job where I was running operations at a really high end weight loss facility. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can help these people. And within just a few months of being there, there was a young girl from Italy who came and she had, was struggling with an eating disorder. Mm. She had um, just binged and purged the night before she came and spoke to me and she, cause they stayed in their own private apartments. And she said, you know, I'm looking for someone to stay with me. I was looking on Craigslist and I was like, oh girl, you were not going to find someone on Craigslist to stay mm-hmm. with you. At night. You know what? And I looked and there was three more weeks. I was like, I'll do it, but I'm in a leadership course. So I have to go to class and then I'll come to you after. Is that okay? She said, yeah. So I'd go to my class, come back to her, teach her everything I was learning. Mm. And through divine intervention, a week later, uh, my landlord told me I had to move out. I was living on Abbot Kinney in Venice Beach. Oh, wow. Loved the place for seven years. I was devastated when I was told I had to leave. I told her and she's like, well, then come to Italy to coach me. And I was like, what? She goes, yes, I wanted you to coach me, but I knew how much you loved living in LA. So I didn't ask. But now that you have no home, come to Italy to coach me. And so worked out a contract with her mother. Two weeks later, I gave my two weeks notice immediately, packed my house. And two weeks later, I'm flying to Milan to go support her with my dog. Wow. So, yeah. And I haven't turned back. And it's really because I, because I know this is about fulfillment. So I'm just going to touch on that is really connecting to what does bring you fulfillment and being willing to take a risk on yourself to go do the thing, even if you don't know the how, even if it feels feels scary, just to follow that. Because Mm. that's really you saying, I'm going to let my soul lead me versus my ego, right? Mm -hmm. And your soul always knows the way. Your soul will always bring you to the perfect places and bring in the resources that you need to really live out the mission and the vision that you were put on this planet to do. And that's what happened for me, so... Oh, I love that. I think that's so awesome. And it's so it's an awesome way that you described how the difference between like the ego and the soul, because I think now day to day, like, you know, we we can get so out of our bodies, like with all like the distractions and everything like that, that our ego can take over. And it's always just about, am I looking good? Is are people praising me? Like, am I getting the approval from other people? And we rarely take the time to sit down and ask ourselves, like, is this something that I really want? Is this something that is truly filling me up? And I think for you to have that self-awareness is just absolutely beautiful. And I hope people who are going through the motions who uh, may be feeling like a deep level of unfulfillment can can hear your story as something of saying, hey, like, I, I need to ask myself, like, is this really filling me up and so on and so forth? And then I also loved how you talked about you were kind of unsure at first, like about like, oh man, can I make enough money, like contributing and doing what I love and everything like that. But um, even to your point too, before when you were like, you know, a lot of people, they don't feel like they have enough to give. Like it all just starts with the belief around it, right? Because it showed that in the end of the day, you were able to, to, to make a living off this practice and everything and crush that belief. So like, let's just talk about belief. Cause I'm, you know, I'm obsessed about it and I know you're an absolute master in the area. <laughs> so why is belief so important when it comes to going on a path of fulfillment and, and how do we learn how to look at our own beliefs? Because, you know, it can just be like water to a fish. Like you don't know it's there until, you know, until you become aware of it. So um, how, how do beliefs really play a role in determining how fulfilled we are in our lives? 
Yeah. So beliefs don't necessarily determine the fulfillment for that's just in my own understanding, because you can also take action steps even when you don't believe yet. However, taking the actions can lead you towards generating and developing that belief. But the reason why beliefs are so imperative to um, your life is because your beliefs literally generate your reality. Mm. Whatever it is that you believe, that will create the habitual thoughts that you have. So imagine if you believe I'm not good enough. What do you think the habitual thoughts will be that run in your mind 24-7? They're not going to be like, oh, I'm capable. Let's go do this. Let's like people love me. No, it's going to the habitual thinking is going to be in alignment with those beliefs. Not only that, but the thinking creates the feeling in the body, as does the Mm -hmm. belief. When you have a certain feeling in your body, a certain state, that's either going to drive you into action or it's going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. Right? Many people, it holds them back. It's the fear. It's the the fight flight goes off, right? And all of a sudden, your palms get sweaty. You just feel like, you know, nauseous or whatever that feeling might be, or sad or anxious. Those feelings never actually inspire you into action. And the thing is, when you get into action around what matters to you, that's how you're going to get the results, mm-hmm. right? So it all starts with the belief and. When I talk about the mind, 5% of your mind power is your conscious, is your conscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your ability to have logic, reasoning, analyzing, decision-making, and willpower, the one thing that doesn't work when you want it to. And that's why a lot of people, when they're like, this is resolutions, I've got this, and then like, I've got the willpower. It's like, hey, that's 5% of your mind power. Good luck with that. <laughs> that is not going to actually help you get there. What will help you get there to get your resolutions is your subconscious beliefs, your identity, right? Your, and the identity is your beliefs about self. Mm-hmm. How do you view yourself? Are you the type of person who shows up to the gym every day? Are you the type of person who's committed to your health that you will drink the water, eat the food, say no to the sugar, whatever that might be? Most people, their identity isn't that. And you act in accordance with your identity, which are the beliefs about self. Right, mm. who you are, what you're capable of, um, and so that's all in your subconscious, your beliefs. That's 95% of your mind power. Again, neuroscientists give different numbers, 95 to 97, but we know it's a majority of your mind power. Your subconscious is also responsible for pumping blood through your body and having you breathe. So it's automatic. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to think about it. So imagine if now these beliefs are so automatic for you. If say you have a desire for something, right? Like, so what's something you want, Joe, that you've been struggling to get? Oh, I want to run a successful side business for sure. (laughs) Right, run a successful side business. So that is your conscious desire. Everything you want is part of the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. How much of percentage of your mind power that is? Uh, 5%. Yeah. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, I got the conscious desire. I want to run a successful side business. I have all the logic for why I can have it. I've reasoned it out. I've analyzed it. I've made the decision. It's time. It's go time. Not I've wasted a year. This is the motherfucking year. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is the year. And then all of a sudden your mind, your subconscious is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on one second, Joe. Let's look what's actually programmed in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. of having success, I'm afraid of success, or I'm afraid of failure. Um, Who am I to think that I can do this? I failed at something before, this won't be any different. Whatever the flavor is, 
right? But whatever is in your subconscious, all of a sudden it kicks out the conscious desires like, nope, you can't have it. Mm -hmm. And then most people get into this inner conversation of what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm not meant to have this. I must be broken. Other people are better at this than me. Maybe in my next lifetime, it'll happen for me. It's just not in my astrological chart. You know, <laughs> I kid, but not kidding, because some people go to that length, right? Because we're trying now to assess and figure out why the heck can I have what I want? I'm doing all the strategies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm taking the action. Why do I keep spinning and I'm not getting what I want? Well, it's because when your beliefs are not aligned with your conscious desires, it is literally going to be the biggest block to you ever having what it is that you want. Yeah. So it's imperative. And that's why it's the first place I go with people. It's not about let's go find a new strategy for you to go make money or a new strategy for you to start your side hustle or a new strategy for you to get the relationship. You know, just go on apps. Well, if you don't believe you're lovable, it doesn't matter if you go do the thing because you're always going to revert back to what it is that you believe. Yes. And I won't get too woo-woo on you because I know your people who are listening aren't, but <laughs> this is also physics. We're all energy, right? Yeah. We have an energetic frequency. So if your thoughts are the signal that you send out into the quantum field saying, this is what I want, in mm -hmm. the quantum field exists every single variation of anything you could ever want, but your feeling, your vibration is the magnet that draws back to you what it is that you say you want. Mm -hmm. So even if you're firing off that this is what I want, this is what I want, that's why when people sit there and they're like, you know, law of attraction, I just have to think the thing that I want, it's going to come. <laughs> but if you feel unworthy to have it, you feel not deserving to have the thing, which frequency do you think is stronger, right? right. It's feeling. And most people don't align the feeling with the thought. Now, remember, again, the belief creates the thought, the habitual thoughts, and it also creates the feeling in the body, right? Because mm -hmm. it also create the feeling. So again, beliefs are where you got to create it. Because once you have your beliefs aligned, when you got that 95% of your mind power working for you, mm -hmm. that's aligned with your conscious desire, boom, 100% alignment. That's when you manifest. That's when people go, whoa, it's so crazy. I'm just manifesting. Yeah, because you have literally aligned all of your energy into a straight shot towards what you want, of course, it's going to come in quick. But if right. you're setting off this chaotic vibration, right? I want this, but I don't feel I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I want love, but I don't believe I'm lovable. Well, that's chaotic energy. That's not going to bring forth what you want. So that is why beliefs are massive. Oh, yes. And you were to first. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And you were speaking right to my soul too. And you were saying like, oh, like maybe your limiting belief of starting the business is like, you know, you fail before you're like afraid of failure. Like, like, cause there's like, I'm doing work right now to try and like dig into those beliefs in my own mind too. Because like, for me, like I had this a long, for a long time, had the, this overarching belief that I'm not good enough. And so like that was feeding into this and just being like, oh, cause I wasn't going as hard in it. Cause I was saying I'm not good enough. So therefore like, subconsciously, I'm not going to succeed in this business. And if I'm not going to succeed in this business, I'm not going to have love. So it's not worth it. So I wasn't going like all in and right now I'm, I'm not there yet. Like done. Like I'm still working through this right now, but it's just, it's so refreshing to hear too, that it really all starts with just changing the programming in your mind. Right. Like yeah. it's not like it's, it is your reality because you're making it out to be, but in truth, you can shape your reality by shaping your beliefs. And I just love that so much. So you have me and I bet all my listeners just kind of just saying like, okay, like 
I get it. Like, oh yeah, like this makes so much sense, but like, okay, how do I fix my beliefs? How do I empower my beliefs? How do I upgrade it? Or can I even do that? Right. Some people might be like, oh, well, am I stuck this way? So what does the process look like of untangling beliefs? And I know you talk about like hypnosis all the time. And I know some people are probably like, oh, hypnosis. But I think one of the interesting (laughs) things that really makes it more practical is like saying like we we can hypnotize all the time. Like, so you're hypnotizing yourself all day long, by the way. Right, exactly. Could you explain like what that means? And then also like, what what does the process look like of upgrading our beliefs so that we're able to get aligned 100% and really start to manifest in our own lives? Absolutely. So first thing I just also want to say is your external reality is a mirror of your internal reality. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times some people will say like, what what are my subconscious beliefs? And I'll be like, go open up your bank account. (laughs) Go look at the state of your relationships. Go look in the mirror and look at your body. That will tell you that's a window into what your subconscious beliefs are because Mm -hmm. literally it's mirrored in your external reality. And here's what's wild. Whatever you believe, you want to be right about your beliefs. So you will literally delete and distort information outside of yourself so that your external reality molds into what it is that you believe. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, and I have like stories about it. I could go on and on, but it's amazing. Like I even have people, I just say it like a client who we hopped on a call with her father and she was like, I know how it's going to be on the call. He's going to bully it, take over. He's not going to take responsibility. And we hopped on a call during our session and he like totally took responsibility. He apologized 13 different times and he got off the call, um, 45 minutes in. So I had the last 15 minutes with her and I said, wow, that went great. She, it's like, your dad took responsibility. He even apologized so many times. She's like, he what? She didn't even hear him apologize once. Oh my gosh. It's just the example of showing because she was so set on what she was going to see happen that she completely deleted that out. So that's what happens to all of us in our brains where if I believe I'm not good enough, you are literally going to look for evidence. And even if say you did something that showed you're good enough, you're like, but, and you'll find mm-hmm. some other thing to disprove it, right? Right. So with the belief, I just wanted to put that out there so that people really understand, again, the, the power of your belief and how it forms your reality. And how do you change it? Great question. There's a, multiple, a multitude of ways. So the four ways that you can start to shift your subconscious The first is through repetition, right? That's how you learn everything. Enough repetition, boom. Eventually, it'll get imprinted in your subconscious and your subconscious will pick it up and that can form a new belief. Mm -hmm. It takes a while, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It takes a while and there's techniques on how to do the repetition that can help faster, but it still takes a lot longer, but that works though. Then the second piece is hypnosis. And really all hypnosis is, I know we were, before we hit the record button, you're like, people have this weird understanding of what hypnosis is. And that's usually because what, when they think of hypnosis, they think of stage hypnosis. They're like, oh my uh-huh. God, are you going to make me bark like a dog or <laughs> like a chicken or forget my name? Like, what are you going to do to me? It's manipulation and it feels scary and like you're out of control. Well, in that situation, most people want to be on stage. That's why they volunteer. Mm-hmm. And then even the stage hypnotist is testing you to see if you can go in quick or not. Cause some people can go in faster into hypnosis or not. Those are called synambulists. Mm. So there's a whole process to it, but they're volunteering cause they know it's for entertainment. 
when you work with someone in hypnosis or you do it yourself in self-hypnosis, it's for therapeutic reasons. It's not for entertainment. Mm -hmm. But what it's allowing you to do is to quiet the judge or mind, right? The, the part of you that's like, not true, not true. That's why sometimes when we do affirmations, they don't totally work because you might say like, you know, I'm strong. It's like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? Or I'm mm -hmm. capable. Like, let me tell you all the reasons why you're not. And it's, you're in this mental battle. But when you go into hypnosis or trance or slow down your brain waves, right, to theta, you're actually calming that part of your mind and you're creating a gateway to access your subconscious so it's more susceptible to suggestions that you're putting into it. And mm -hmm. in the state of hypnosis, you're in a hyper-focused you're focused on one thing instead of all the multitude of stuff that's happening around you so that you can create rapid change there. Mm. Now, you were in a state of hypnosis when you were a child. Your brain waves were in theta, right? I think it's like four to seven hertz. Don't quote me on that number. But um, it's in the state of theta. You are literally a sponge or like a movie camera walking around, taking everything in and imprinting it into your brain. And that becomes your roadmap, your blueprint for life, whatever mm -hmm. you experience, whatever people told you, if they told you you're smart, you're stupid, you're capable, not capable. You create associations then, right? Maybe you grew up with dogs, you love dogs, maybe you got bit by a dog, now you're scared of dogs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean dogs are scary, but all of a sudden as a kid, you're like not safe, right? right? So then that becomes what guides you. Well, in hypnosis, we can actually get in there faster and start to find those beliefs that were formed as a child or that were just handed down to you through conditioning and you can start to rewrite and upgrade those. It's the mm -hmm. fastest way that I've found to create positive, permanent, um, rapid change with my clients. Cause I was coaching for a long time before. And when I added that, it was a game changer. Mm. And the third way is through, uh, a high impact event. Mm. So, and it could be positive or negative sometimes for, if you get into a car accident, right? Mm. Boom, all of a sudden, you have a high impact feeling attached to a thought. This isn't safe or, oh my God, whatever. That gets wired together. Boom, that's a belief. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the positive realm. Maybe you were scared of speaking on stage and you finally get yourself to do it. And all of a sudden, you're like, that was amazing. I want to <laughs> another stage, right? And then fear gone and then something shifted in you. Right. So a high, high impact event can create um, a belief rapidly as well, but sometimes mm -hmm. we can't always create and manufacture those, but if you can, awesome. And then the fourth is through somatic work. So work through the body, whether it's trauma release, whether it's through breath work, dance movement, there's so many things. What I found to be a little bit more challenging with somatic work is it can be difficult to pinpoint the thing mm. to release through the body and the subconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, and also there isn't so much of the reprogramming of what do I actually want to plop into place as the new belief? Mm. Right? Because there's one thing about the removal piece, but you also want to add in what it is that I want to believe and to program that in. So those are all the different ways that you can reprogram your mind. And even just something simple that you can do at home, because I'm sure that's the next question. <laughs> what's like something people can do or what's a takeaway is, your brain actually goes into a natural state of hypnosis um, when you're falling asleep about 30 minutes before you go to bed and as you, right when you wake up in the morning. So do not grab your phone mm. first thing in the morning. 
do not stare at your phone as you're going to bed and that be the last thing you you go to sleep with. Really take that time to, maybe you do write out your ideal scenes, like writing out what it is that you want to experience as if it's already happened. So using I am statements or I have, and then making it positive. So I have a very successful side business that pays for all my bills and more. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a powerful entrepreneur and I'm connected to so many other amazing humans. My mm-hmm. podcast is reaching millions of people every single year, right? You write all that out and you sit with it before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when you're looking at that and then you go to bed, your subconscious now is marinating on that through the six to nine hours, however long you sleep. Oh, wow. But it does the same thing if you're looking at this guy, your cell phone, and staring at social media and comparing yourself. Now you go to bed and now you're in that energy and that's going and seeping into your subconscious. Or people oh, wow. who are watching the news before they, or I have to fall asleep with the TV on and they're watching a scary movie or the news or something that is fear-based and then boom, they go to bed. And that's why people are like, it's so weird. You know, maybe they watched a movie with a dog and they're like, I was having a dream that dogs were chasing me last night. And it was so crazy. <laughs> it's going into your subconscious. So wow. really guard your mind and actually use it, partner with your mind during that time. Same thing right when you wake up. Immediately the first thing when I wake up, I start going into everything I'm grateful for. Even when I'm in that like woozy phase where I just am kind of getting up because my body naturally wakes up around 6, 630. Mm-hmm. I immediately go like, I'm so grateful for, and I'm like half asleep. I could feel it. But I'm like, yo, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Right, right. <laughs> and start even affirming everything that I want to believe about myself at that time. So that's a wow. powerful thing that someone can use immediately. Right. And I feel like it also is the repetition, like you said before, is like part number one. Like you're just like exposing yourself to that thing over and over again. So that's really interesting. And and so when you're doing that, you're essentially just making that kind of like the default of your of your brain, right? Because it's becoming yeah. more familiar with it, right? Is that is that yep. kind of the mechanics behind it? Exactly. So um, good thing you caught that. And I know that you know so much about this stuff too. It's the mind does what's familiar and mm-hmm. it avoids what's unfamiliar. So right. yeah, the more you expose the mind to something, it's then starting to tell it, hey, it's safe. Like you're okay. And you can start to let that into your life. So mm-hmm. as just an example, I used to work a lot with at-risk youth foster kids. Now, you can probably imagine that they've built up a story of I'm not lovable, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. And so when the camp that I worked at um, or volunteered at, they would get dropped off on these buses. And some of them just came from, like one of them, I remember he had just come from court where his dad was telling him he was a piece of shit and didn't want him anymore. And then he oh, went geez. from that to showing up at this camp where all of a sudden all of us are smiling, going like, hi, (laughs) we love you. You're what? Like, guess what happened? Because they believe I'm unlovable, when we were showing them love, it was actually perceived as a threat by their mind because it was so unfamiliar to them, right? Oh, wow. Whatever is unfamiliar to what it is that you believe, what's not programmed in there is perceived as a threat by the mind. Wow. So all of a sudden they're like... And then their minds go to, what does she want from me? This chick's trying to like take advantage of me. I'm going to watch her. I mean, I had a a girl like run. Her name was Estella. She would bolt and run whenever we would have like an intimate moment. When Mm. she would actually start to feel my love and let it in, it was all of a sudden she's like, oh, and then she would just run. 
And that's because her amygdala fired off, right? It's our protective fight flight. Mm -hmm. She's a fighter, obviously, like, let me run from this. How many of us have started to let people love us? And then we, it felt so uncomfortable. We bolted. Right. Right. And, but there's some wow. listening on the show. They're like, whoa, too much. Let me get out of this and let me sabotage it. Same thing with money, right? Lotto winners. Not everybody, but I'm going to guess that most people who play the lotto is they probably started off with a scarcity mindset to believe. Yes. Begin with. They have beliefs mm -hmm. about money like this is how I need it. Make my money is through winning the lotto. So they buy the ticket. Some lucky winner wins. But because what they actually believe is there's not enough to go around. Rich people are evil. I can't like it's not safe to have this money. Boom. Mm -hmm. They have it in the external world. But then they start to, it's still perceived as a threat. They start to sabotage it. They get reckless with it. They start to attract the wrong people who might steal from them or, um, you know, mismanage their, their money. And then they go right back, set point, to where they believed to start with. Mm -hmm. And some of them, I think it's like 75% of them within two years lose everything and go even more into debt of where they were before they started playing. Crazy. And that's because our set point, our beliefs, we always go back to it no matter what, which is why right. if you don't raise the bar. If you don't upgrade your beliefs, you can't actually have more. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a, a, a mastermind that I run for entrepreneurs and I ask the question, first of all, I go, how many of you want to make a million bucks? Of course, everyone raised their hand. How many of you believe that you can make a million? Hands start to go down, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to be able to make a million bucks if you don't believe that you could? If you don't actually feel in that it's safe for you to have a million dollars, right? Safe meaning it's familiar to you. Mm -hmm. It's natural. It's normal for you. If that doesn't actually align for you, it doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. how many strategies you do. It doesn't matter how many cold calls you make. You might make a little bit, but boom, you'll go right back. You have wow. to align your beliefs with that. And so that's why it's so super key to ensure that you make it familiar. So if you have more money, it's like it's safe to have this amount of money. It's safe for me to open up to love. That's one key word that I use a lot with my hypnosis clients when they're in hypnosis. The thing that they want, because it's usually they don't have it because before it didn't feel safe to have, I'll use mm -hmm. the words that it's safe to have. So that's another thing that your listeners can use is telling yourself it's safe for me to receive love. It's safe for me to be abundant. It's safe for me to have a strong, fit, healthy body that I want. Mm -hmm. And yeah. not literally signaling, this is familiar, it's safe, it's okay. And then your subconscious is like, okay, then we won't have you fight flight from this anymore. We mm -hmm. won't push it out. We won't delete and distort information. Mm -hmm. We'll actually start to align with what you want. I love that. And the resistance just goes away because now it's instead of just being in that stuck part, like we were talking to at the beginning of the show, you're just busting right through it because everything's just in alignment and it feels natural and, and familiar, like you said before, because now it's not scary or a threat or man, that story, like when you were telling me about how that kid was seeing, you know, your guys love and affection as something deceptive or you guys were trying to get something out of it. That was like, give me the chills. Cause it's, it's so scary that the mind can just flip something so beautiful and make it ugly into the eye of the beholder. And I'm kind of curious too, like, because when you do make the shift in mindset, not all the time, the external world's going to like, like what's actually going on in the outside world is not going to like always kind of like go your way. Like there'll still be obstacles and stuff like that. So does changing your belief, help in the way that you view those obstacles? Like, for example, like if I wanted to start a business, um, what does that like 
like just so like people, I'm just trying to hype people up on getting onto this train of upgrading their beliefs. But <laughs> when obstacles come their way, like for me starting a business and like there's, you know, all these customers I have to help and all, or maybe just a lot of different legal headwinds that I have to go through, or maybe like my first product fails, like how does belief allow us to handle failure better and to handle obstacles when they come along our ways? Well, I think it's really looking at what your beliefs are around failure mm. and what your beliefs are around obstacles. Yeah. Right. Some people look at failure like they eat failure for breakfast. <laughs> they right. love it. Right. Gary right. Vee, he's like, oh, come on, let's go fail somewhere. Right. There's people who like love failure because they really, really believe, man, I just learned something. I'm growing. Cool. I'm on my way to like the success because you got to fail. And like they love it because that's their belief about failure. So mm -hmm. they welcome it in. They're excited for it and they can pivot through it faster. Now, if you have a belief about failure that I'm going to get punished, which was mine for the longest time, which is why mm. I avoided doing the thing because I'm like, if I fail at it, I'm going to get punished because that happened mm. to me as a kid and yeah. not my parents followed at all, but that's just how we were raised. Right. Mm -hmm. So my association of failure was so painful that I would avoid taking action. Mm. And then once I reassociated that, Right, created a new belief around what it means to fail and really believed it, not just the conscious knowing. Because that was, I was telling people, I go, I get it, fail forward, fail fast. There's no failure, there's only learning and growth. <laughs> I, you right. know, Will Smith told me to fail three times and keep running. Like, I, I get it consciously, but at the subconscious level, it's trying to protect me yeah. from the pain of the failure. So even when I consciously knew all this mindset stuff, my body would still short circuit when I'd go to take the action, right? Go into fight flight to stop me. Cause it's like, no girl, don't do it. Because if you do it and you fail, you're going to feel a lot of pain. Right. And so we need to reassociate our beliefs to experience pleasure around the things that we once created pain around so mm -hmm. that we'll feel inspired and aligned to do it versus not. So again, if you hit the obstacles, right, what's your mindset around it? What's your beliefs around obstacles? And another, cause I love giving away practical tools start to really sit down and get clear. I talked about self-awareness in the beginning. Write down, you can even do stem sentences. Failure means, don't think about it, but just start to write it out. And just mm -hmm. keep writing till you've exhausted writing, right? Not just one thing like failure means, I'm gonna get hurt. Fa failure means um, that I'm growing. Failure whatever it is, I'm giving different examples of it because some people might have really positive associations to failure. But right. literally just keep writing until you're totally tapped out. And then you look, and, and usually the deeper you go, the closer you are to really what's deep in your subconscious. Mm. You start to look at your list, and if you're going like, gosh, I have all these negative things about failure, duh, well, that's what's holding you back from it, right? And that right. makes sense of why you wouldn't want to take the action, but then, or it could be something positive. And same thing around relationships. Relationships are, you know, making money means, but like start to just, uncover what you believe so that once you have the awareness of the beliefs, then you can start to upgrade and change them because many times it's difficult to change what you can't see or what you mm -hmm. don't. So having self-awareness right. is literally step number one. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's so awesome. And and I, I've known other podcasts and everything too. You talk about how these are like decisions, right? Like we decided at one point in our life, like that failure was bad. We decided at one part of our life that we get punished when we get failed. And like I and I love that you put that one up because that's a really common one, I think, with kids growing up. I mean, I had hard parents too. I mean, God bless them. They're amazing. I love them. They're just trying to put me on the right path. But in the end of the day, it's 
we associate it's like oh crap i got like a bad test score like that i'm gonna get in trouble for it so like now we like essentially fear going out and getting that failure but we decided that a long time ago and i know that you know you interviewed lisa billiou and and tom billiou her her husband says this all the time and i think it's one of the most powerful things i've ever heard is like you have to decide for yourself whether you live in a friendly or a hostile universe like that's like a decision so like no matter what happens around you like whether it's bad to one person, it might be friendly to you, but it's all a decision. I think that's just so, so powerful. And I just love, oh my gosh, I just want to keep talking with you for like hours and hours because you're just absolutely awesome. And I think this conversation is incredible. But unfortunately, we're coming to the tail end of the podcast. And before I ask my last question, for our listeners who are absolutely jacked up after listening to you about <laughs> upgrading their belief system and want to learn more about hypnosis and dig into your world, where can they do that? Where are, you know, where's your website? And uh, where can they listen to the podcast? Uh, if they want to continue entering your world because which i highly suggest to you guys it is phenomenal so where can our listeners do all that stuff oh thank you joe so you can go to my website stephaniekwong.com um on i hang out on instagram quite a bit that's at i am stephanie kwong and then you can find i actually have a really great hypnosis audio all about mm -hmm. it's free about manifesting that's on my website that you can download i have a self-hypnosis course that's also, you can find it on my website as well if you go to the online courses. But that'll also show you how to start partnering with your mind on your own and work with it, putting yourself into that hypnotic state and start to rework the beliefs yourself while you're in state. Because some people, you know, depending on what your budget is, you might not be able to do heterohypnosis, which is working with someone, but you mm -hmm. can start on your own. There's multiple ways of getting yourself into an induction and then multiple ways of working with your subconscious once you're in. So um, yeah, and then the podcast is Rise Higher. You can find that on my website as well or search it on iTunes. Yes, definitely. Hopefully it comes up onto the related podcast on here because make it easy for listeners. But guys, I totally suggest you just dig into a world. That's why I brought her on the podcast because I was listening to her content and I was like, whoa, this shit is life changing. I want to get her on and I'm so glad I did and so grateful. So check her out. And for my last question, question Steph, uh, for the show is, and you already answered this a little bit, but repetition is the mother of all skill. Uh, what fulfills you in life and what does fulfillment mean to you? So what fulfills me in my life is when I'm showing up as my mm -hmm. highest self, which is really from a pure place of love, generosity, and service. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Steph, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And, and, I am going to upgrade my belief system or starting tonight. Oh, it has oh, been a yeah. process, but I think your tools are going to help me break through to a higher limit. So thank you so much. Heck yeah, for I can't show. wait. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So guys, check out her world. Her stuff is absolutely incredible. And like I said, if you're feeling stuck, this is the person that you want to go to and explore her world. So listen to her podcast, buy that course, do the work. You will not regret it at all. And until next time, my friends, create a fulfilling life and we'll see you next Wednesday.